I would like to welcome you to today's episode of The Setback Fueled My Faith. Today, we are going to address what happens emotionally to an individual after a job loss. Hello, my name is Tanya Williamson, and I am the founder of Married to the Ring, an organization where we teach individuals how to boldly walk out of hard times and into their winning seasons by building wholesome and healthy relationships. Today's guest is Yah Hughes, the purpose cultivator. Mrs. Hughes is an emotional wellness coach who helps women shift their relationship of painful experiences, emotions, and excuses, and instead teaches them how to develop a new mindset and walk in their divine purpose. Welcome, Yahoo. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here on today. I'm so excited to have you. Before we delve into this topic and the setback field, my faith, can you please share with the listeners about Made for Purpose and your latest project release, Hello Me? Absolutely. Made for Purpose is a self-development organization that helps cultivate women emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And we do that in different ways through our coaching, our courses, and live training workshops and events. And our desire is that we we allow for women to know that they were made for purpose despite whatever it is that they're dealing with emotionally, personally, and in any area of their lives. So we cultivate women to live a life of purpose. And because we cultivate women to live a life of purpose, I do that through my writings. And Hello Me is um, the first part of a new book series, Hello, that I have released. And it's a transformative tool that is helping women to see themselves in a different way and welcome self-acceptance, personal growth, and embrace who they are after life's pivots, you know, life's pivots similar to maybe losing a job or, you know, after children or divorce or whatever that is, that they begin to stand in their internal mirror of truth and cultivate um, a, a relationship with themselves no matter where they are in life. So it's about them welcoming the greatest version of themselves. Wow, 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 wow. Well, I'm excited to say that I do have the book, Hello Me. I started my journey, but I've had the pause just for one second. But what I've read so far, especially as Yah talks about the internal me, right? What was that that moment of, of wake up for you, y'all, to say, look, you know, I need to really express the whole me, but before I do that, I need to address all of me. Um, it was, I can remember, it was right after having my son, who is now 11 years old. We get so caught up in roles, in our role of being a mom, a wife, you know, a business person, a career person, and we look up and we are defined by these roles and we immerse ourselves in these roles and not understanding that the roles change us, life changes us, and we want to be defined more by who we are at the core and not just a role. And I can remember just going through, you know, the routine and looking up and looking at myself and 
do. That was me staring back at me. I didn't recognize me internally. I didn't recognize what I had transformed and blossomed into. And I felt stifled and, and stuffed that, you know, there were things that I didn't want or identify with anymore. And I was trying to figure out how to express myself. So I had to kind of take a step back and have that moment of reflection because I just felt uneasy in a lot of areas of my life. And it was because I was no longer that person and I needed to not be in that box of who I was at maybe 25 and I'm not that person, you know, now. So how do I really begin to take the time to discover who and be the greatest and boldest version of me. So that's what um, was my pivotal moment of just really being enrolled and in, 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 in immersed in these roles and not really just being myself. You said something that was very interesting. And what I got in summation was being present in your current state. Yes. Being present in your current state. I know oftentimes, I know now that I'm at the age of 46 years old, I definitely can't do what I did when I was, 20, when I was 25. I may try to, but I'm not in that size six. <laughs> yeah, it's listen. not going to work today, right? Right. Um, but being present means what, y'all? I, I want you to just hone in being present because before we start to delve into the setback, feel my faith, I think that that being present is so key regardless or despite what the circumstance is. So can you just expound a little bit more on that being present segment? Absolutely. Being present is really about being in tune with your own emotions and not sweeping the ones that aren't the greatest under the rug, being able to say, you know, this is how I'm feeling and I'm not, I'm not in a good space. I'm not in a good place. I am in a good place. And what does that mean? And what does that look like for me and around me? So being present is being honest about what it is that you feel, not fighting it off, not ignoring it, not walking around numb, but being really fully engulfed and engaged with how I feel, what I need, uh, what I desire, what's going to make me better, what can I get, what kind of support do I need? It's really about taking that self-care, and I know we use that term so loosely, to the next level. It's beyond just the bubble bath, but it is recognizing that I do need a couple minutes to myself. I do need a mental break. I do need time to just sit with me and reflect. So being present is about being right here in the moment with yourself, not being um, boggled down with the demands of work, the demands of children, all of the different things that are flowing through your mind is really taking some time to sit in the very moment with and ask yourself the question of how am I physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and then taking the time to listen because we ask the question, but the answer is when we get to listen and feed ourselves what we need. I mean, you just got a mouthful. I know when we talk about this journey of me experiencing what I experienced, um, I knew some people took it extremely hard when I just wanted to take care of myself for a moment. Oftentimes I find when you are a giver, 99% uh, of the time, you know, oftentimes people have a difficult time when you say you want to take care of you, you know? 
And so yeah. I mean, you said a whole lot there. Let's discuss stages of the grief cycle after the loss of the job. Uh, let's delve into this. I'm so excited to talk about this because I know immediately after I had lost my job, um, I did not embrace the loss. I still functioned as if I still was this high profile executive and I still could make the same business decisions um, that I could make. But unfortunately, I really couldn't. I wasn't addressing the stages of the grief cycle. So, yeah, let's talk about that. Can you discuss with our listeners today what stages uh, that one experiences throughout the process? Absolutely. So I think that when we think of the grief process or the grief cycle or grief stages, whichever you're familiar with, we immediately attribute it to a loss of a loved one or, you know, we automatically think of death in the sense of a physical death. But there is grief or, you know, stages of grief that you deal with with the loss of a job as well. And they are there are five actual stages of grief. And surprisingly, people don't understand that with any type of loss, be it a relationship or anything, but especially with a job, you go through those stages of grief. And there is the immediate shock, you know, there's that first immediate and initial shock of losing the job, right? Whether or not you knew that the economy was on a downward spiral, whether, you know, it was something that you, you had no clue, you didn't see it coming. There is that initial shock factor, right? And then there is the stage where, or the cycle of denial. And denial is when we really take time Time, um, and we function to protect. So denial is all about protecting our emotions, right? Because we don't want to deal with the emotion that comes with it, with that initial shock of, okay, I just... And denial looks different ways to different people. And um, one of those ways is that we diminish what just happened. You know, I lost my job. I wasn't happy anyway. I'll be okay. I'll bounce back. I'm marketable. I have these skills. And we just begin to not really take a moment to sit with what just happened. We we discredit it, right? And we begin to just immediately go into that survival mode of, okay, you know, this is what just happened, and I'm just going to keep going. That's denial because denial functions as a buffer to protect you from those feelings and emotions. And it looks like for some people different ways, right? That could be still spending um, knowing that you just lost your job, but not really taking time to think about what that means for you financially. So you still just spend as if, you know, you, you got another check coming in. Um, it, it may look like you just saying, okay, I'm just going to go. I mean, just how I found this job, I can go ahead and find another job, which that can be true. But it's about you dealing with what happened emotionally and not just going into this mode of survival in the sense so you have the denial and then from denial you kind of graduate to anger 
You're angry that you lost your job and that anger could be with your employer, with the co-workers that still have their job, with the economy, or even with yourself, depending on the reason for the loss. We take time and we begin to relish in all of the things that have happened and we begin to play these things in our mind and then anger comes and sets in. And then ang after the anger, we have what is kind of considered the bargaining um, or the what if stage. And during this stage, you become very critical of yourself. You're looking for this solution and you begin to bargain with what happened. And this is the stage um, that could be very crippling. Because this is the stage where you begin to question, right? You begin to question um, what has happened. And you, you most times point the finger at yourself. What if I would have done this? What if this would have been better? You begin to bargain with, you know... And you begin to look at your accomplishments and all of the things and the value that you added and you begin to ask yourself, how could this have happened to me? But it's in this moment that you have to um, really begin to build your mindset because this is where that self-sabotage and that self-doubt and you become a critic of yourself in this stage, right? And... Then the next stage is the depression stage and depression and sadness stage. And I know depression is a weighty word, but let's really, really dive into this. When you lose any form of yourself, your job, or anything that you attach to your identity and that's lost or that's stripped away, there is a level of mourning and sadness that comes with that and depression and sadness begins to set in and it, it can manifest in different ways for different people. For some people, you know, I know that we have, we believe that depression has a look, but it doesn't. It just depends on who you are and how you deal with it. It could be panicking over those finances and then begin, you know, it could be really thinking about, you know, triggering with uh, a vacation that you already have coming up and then you begin to get depressed because you've spent the money on this vacation and you may not be able to do it again and how, you know, your children are used to a certain lifestyle and you begin to um, become depressed and it could look like loss of appetite, not wanting to go out. It keeps you um, in this place of sadness. But here's the thing, and I want to stress this, that all of these stages will happen. It's just a matter of you understand this stage, you cannot stay here. It's okay with our emotions, and I explain this all the time to my clients, that your emotions are data, not directives. And what do I mean by that? I mean that during this time, and you have this sadness, and you have this depression, right, it, it begins to direct you to something. It's showing you that there's something that you need to work on, you need to deal with, but it's not, a, I mean, it's not a directive, meaning you don't get to, it doesn't get to tell you what to do. You don't get to make decisions just based on the emotion. It is the data that's saying, here's what I still need to work on. But we allow for our emotions to begin to dictate who we are, and that's not what they should do. We want need to recognize that emotions come to share something with us, that there's a painful experience, there's something going on.
on that's in my heart that I really need to take time to take a look at. And then we begin the go to go to that next process, which is acceptance. And this is the stage that we really want to arrive in. And this stage is when we begin to accept what has happened and we begin to look at what it is that we can start doing because or as a result of the loss and how do we begin to cope and what what does it look like to move forward but I really want to um, really get for you to understand that you don't go through these stages in order. Some people may not go through all of the stages in the same way, right? Depression may start first for you before denial. Denial may come later. You may sit in anger a little longer than you than someone else does. Whatever it looks like, you need to be cognizant of all of those stages or that cycle, but all of them are for you to arrive at acceptance. Acceptance is the last part of the cycle or the stage and understanding that they vary in time so somebody may stay in denial longer than bargaining or somebody else may stay in bargaining longer but understanding that that rejection that you felt um it's okay that you felt it but you cannot wallow in it and feelings of grief after job loss is completely normal and valid. There are more people that deal with the emotional struggles of grief after job loss. You're not alone in this, but understanding what it means so that you can move forward and really process. And I think that Yah has really outlined the stages very well throughout this process because a lot of people are not familiar with the fact that this is labeled as a triple experience. The truth yes. of the matter. And if we go back to the denial, mm -hmm. I'm echoing. But if we go back to denial, denial is usually the phase where there's pain attached right? Um, I'm too, I'm protecting my space. I'm guarding my territory. I'm guarding my shame. You know, I can't um, expose or introduce this to anyone. No, this is a time where you do need to seek out either professional counseling or a, a safe nurturing uh, a resource system or what I call almost like board of directors, individuals who I can be transparent with who are going to hold my arms up and, and while I transition through this part of the process. Um, and I think that that's very, very important. Y'all also uh, talked about, you know, the fact that you diminished what just happened. When we talk about in the setback field on my face, I, I did diminish what was happening. You know, we talk about the fact that you know, a bear for an entire year. You know, I spent and kept spending money as if, you know, I still thought I had it going on. I didn't want to accept the fact that this really changed and didn't want to holistically look at the whole picture. However, after looking at the entire picture, that's when I was able to actually get back up. Your emotions, as y'all mentioned, cannot control your situation. 
we spoke about that earlier today. Um, and I think this is very important when she says, you know, your emotions do come, you know, to let our bodies know what is going on. However, it's not coming to control us. We teach in the, the, the six sense. We talk about the sixth sense and how that is faith that you applying the word of God, right, y'all? Applying mm-hmm. the word of God to offset the area that you are weak in and start to believe what you cannot see, although you've experienced a setback in your life. What I love about what you just talked about is these stages, they vary and they are, I, I hate to tell you, they are going to happen. <laughs> they're they're going to happen. It's just how you control but if you fill yourself up with the word of God and put yourself around positive resources and nurturing and safe resources and yield to parts of the process by accepting what it is, it won't last as long. Would you Would you agree with me on that, Yang? I would definitely agree with you on that. And I think that it's it's about the awareness piece, like you said, that it's going to happen. And I know that we, you know, believers and, and, and we believe that things aren't, you know, like, yes, we could do all things through Christ, but things happen and if I know that at any point it is inevitable that at some point in my life I'm going to lose a job, right? That I know that these are the stages, but I also know that all things work together. I also know that he will not leave me or forsake me, that I just have to get through this, that it will pass, that he's given me the strength and all of the things that I need to get through each of these stages, that you're going to be okay, but it's about not staying in those places and really understanding that you are going to need faith to get you through every aspect. Because you have to believe what you don't see. You have it's faith. really different than what the world teaches us because now we're dealing with the spiritual transferring into the natural when for so long we've relied on the natural. Absolutely. And it's Listen, in in this process period of, of, you know, just loss or any of that, your faith will be so strong and tested because you are really relying on what you do not see. You don't know where the next dollar is going to come from. You don't know how many applications and interviews you'll go on, but you're believing that he will not leave you nor forsake you, that your family is not going to be out and without, and that it's going to happen. It may not happen on your time, but the world doesn't teach us that. And, you know, even in business, you're taught that you follow systems, you follow strategies, you follow this, this, and this, but faith goes against all of that. Yes. Say that. It goes against everything that you're taught in school, every educational and terminal degree that you have. It teaches you that there is this and you provide a there's this, you provide a strategy. Faith is the only thing where it goes against every last part of that and it still ends up being greater than what you ever could think. And and and, and I believe that faith, um, I, I, I say this a hundred and ten times. I believe that faith is the attribute 
of favor or rather relinquishes the attribute of favor that the the word promises us that supersedes profit it supersedes guaranteed income by man it supersedes and it truncates every law and every governmental authority and when you have faith you actually give god the ability to do what his word says so if he says i shall supply your needs that means that simply he will do it because you've elevated your thought process in the midst of what is one of the most tumultuous experiences that he can't lie or alter to do what he promises he will do and this is one of the principles that we really teach in the setback fuel of my faith because you can get back up you just need to understand that emotionally as you go through the senses you still have to keep your mind concentrated on what you have yet manifest what has yet not manifested in the now you know so that it can yeah. manifest it's about positivity you know you can't be in a toxic environment when you are very vulnerable and you can't make de- uh, decisions in a vulnerable state and oftentimes this season is where you're the most vulnerable would you not agree y'all Absolutely. You are the most vulnerable in this season and it's really about knowing what that means for you emotionally and what it is that you struggle with emotionally like so that you can guard your heart so that you can guard that time so that you aren't like Tanya just said of being around people that don't fuel that faith because you don't need to be around toxic people. But I also need to know that if I struggle emotionally with rejection and and this is something that I've struggled with, then I know that this is going to um, bring those things up. Then I need to be around people that are going to fuel my positivity, that are going to hold me accountable and help me understand that a job loss has nothing to do with me as a person and I cannot take on that rejection but that's about being vulnerable and knowing what it looks like for you and what your fears are and how do you combat those with faith and being around people that's going to help you undergird you and help you get to your next level but also removing yourself from people and things that's going to fuel the fear and the doubt and the rejection but putting your yourself in a place where it's going to catapult you into a new season of being uh, fearless and faith-filled. I'm just like, I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, I just wish I had this information when I went through. You know, I learned about it, you know, through the process, you know, when someone literally confronted me and said, Tanya, no, it's going to take you about six months to get through this journey and go through this cycle. And I looked at them as if, like, you're crazy. No, but they were really real, right? And so one of the things that we really speak about is, you know, preparing yourself in advance. If you have these tools, you should be able to start looking up scriptures that will be able to start to prepare you for that journey so that the journey you know God can start sending the resources that you need Um, I really want to in close just say you know yeah I appreciate you just coming on today's interview 
for our listeners. I respect uh, the movement that you are doing to help women in this space. Uh, and definitely, I can't wait to finish reading Hello Me uh, at this hour. But could you just share with the viewers how they could reach you? Absolutely. Well, first, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. I thoroughly and talking about emotional wellness is my passion, but also understanding that you have such an incredible um, job and all the things that you're doing in the kingdom of God and throughout the marketplace is it's just amazing. And I'm just so honored and grateful to partner with you on your vision. And um, if you want to learn more about me, I am Yahoo's on all platforms that is uh, on social media, on YouTube, and www.madeforpurpose.org is where you can learn more about um, what I offer, how to be a part, how to join our mailing list, and all of that. So it's Yahoo's on all platforms, and it is www.madeforpurpose.org. Thank you, Yah. And so you can actually check Married to the Ring out at marriedtothering.com. You can also go and purchase the pre-sale order of this Epoch Fuel My Faith at Married to the Ring dot com backslash fueled for a pre-sale discount at this hour we just want to thank all of our listeners today and we pray that you will have an amazing 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 week god bless you